Folks, make sure you place your bets today with none other than Bet Online. That's right. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. It's always ice cream season at the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. And March is no exception. Come on in and get a taste of the Irish. All month long, they'll have delicious mint soft serve, mint flying saucers, mint milkshakes, and their amazingly popular cookie puss cake. All perfect for the St. Patrick's season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh. So no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel opens Seven days a week, Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Back with you all over the major platforms, the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Burn Dairy, Welch & Company Jewelers, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our terrific friends at Stumbling Monkey Beer Company. Hey, listen, if you are in and around the Rochester-Victor area, you got to go over to Stumbling Monkey, man. Before your visit, you can shop online as well at stumblingmonkeybeer.com. That's stumblingmonkeybeer.com. They've got an array of beers that will absolutely blow your mind. I tried a few uh, over this past weekend. They are amazing. The Amber Ale I had, the Irish Red Ale, uh, the Porter is incredible, and the new Kolsch as well. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You get there, they have them on tap, they have the Crowlers and Growlers, you name it. It's all there at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Pick up a shirt, pick up a hat online as well, and uh, it is the official brewing company of the ML Sports Platter. Visit stumblingmonkeybeer.com and visit them on site as well. 61 School Street in Victor, New York. Later in this show, I will be joined by my main man, Rob Schaefer. He's a huge sports fan. He also happens to be the one and only owner of Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, and uh, I can't wait to talk uh, beer with him and uh, and a heck of a lot more. He's also a brewmaster at the brewing company, so can't wait to chat with him about some some beers, some sports, and uh, and a heck of a lot more as well. We're going to dive into uh, the Yankees uh, a lot, <laughs> you know, when he comes up. So again, co-owner and brewmaster at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Rob Schaefer, will join the program here in a few minutes. But I wanted to start this show off with just sort of, you know, kind of what's next for Gonzaga, right? And I want to say this first and foremost, okay? It's very important that people understand that Gonzaga doesn't lose in the tournament because they don't play anybody. That's the constant argument that Tony Kornheiser makes. Every single year that Gonzaga loses, he makes the argument that, well, they don't play anybody for a couple of months. Okay, here's the problem I have. There's, there's three things. Number one, they play people before that. They play everybody in the non-conference. Period and discussion. They do. Play everybody. Everybody in the non-conference, okay? That's number one, okay? 
Uh, number two is the West Coast Conference, despite the fact that it's not, you know, the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, you know, some of these other conferences, and it's pretty top-heavy with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, you know, and BYU, in some cases, San Francisco as well. Um, those top-heavy teams are still pretty solid. You're still playing six games out of your conference slate against really, really, really solid competition. And the other argument um, against Kornheiser and others, and this is a really, really big one. Did I see St. Peter's play eight or nine Blue Bloods this year? <laughs> Did I see them play in the Big 12? Did I see them come out, uh, you know, and play uh, uh, Gonzaga, Michigan State, um, you know, uh, you know, did I see them play those squads? Did, did, did I? I'm sorry. Did I see them fly to Arizona and play them? Uh, did they play in tons of tournaments? No, they played in the MAC. It was a league that was supposed to be won, and this is the MAAC. This was a league that was supposed to be won by one Iona and Rick Pitino, and St. Peter's went on this unbelievable run to the Elite Eight. They beat Kentucky. They validated it by beating Murray State. Then they beat Purdue. The job Sheen Holloway did was unbelievable, and as I record this, he's probably one foot into the door, uh, obviously, with uh, you know with Seton Hall and his alma mater, and rightfully so. He'll probably go there and coach, and they'll be fine. Kevin Willard went to Maryland. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be fine with Sheen. Um, but the argument that Kornheiser makes doesn't work for me because the tournament is the tournament. It's a crapshoot. Sure, sure. Blue Blood Final Four, okay, fine. But before that, anything can usually happen. A lot of times, Cinderella's go to the Final Four, too. I mean, you look at the last 16 years, we've had B, you know, B, uh, uh, Butler twice. We've had VCU once. We had George Mason in 06 with Jim Larinaga, who also made the Elite Eight here recently with Miami. I mean, anything can happen, right? In most cases, we do have the cream rising to the top in the Final Four with Blue Bloods and all the rest and, and power programs. Usually we do. But there is a chance for Cinderella, because it's March. And before that, in any game, opening round, round of 32, regional semi, regional final, right? In most of those cases, anything can happen. St. Peter's played in the MAC. They went on a run, and then they won three games in the tournament. They didn't play anybody <laughs> all year, okay? They didn't play any stiff competition at all, okay? And yet they arrived in the Elite Eight. So you could play the toughest schedule. I remember when some Big East teams, and the old Big East, and then the old, old Big East, and the old, old, old Big East, you know, some teams would win the Big East tournament and bow out, you know? I mean, think about the deep runs that Pittsburgh used to make with Jamie Dixon, and they could never make a full run to the Final Four. Were they gassed? Did they play too many great opponents? They played people out of the conference, and then the Big East was arguably the best conference in college basketball year in and year out. Did that benefit them to play everybody? What about Michigan State's schedule? Temple used to do it under John Chaney, play everybody, and then Chaney would then use that and say, hey, we're prepared for the tournament because we played people all year long. We went out of conference. Our conference is good, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay, that's 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 nice, you know, but sorry, John Chaney. Like, you, you could play... 10 really, really tough teams on your schedule one year, and then the next year play two, and you might go farther the year you play two. Why? It's March. It's a crapshoot. Win today, move on today. Lose today, go home today. And, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, here you go. That day, that person, 
you know, or those players, that coach, that venue, that time zone, that style. It's all about today. All of those things, right? I mean, St. Peter's played here. The toughest competition St. Peter's played. It was the first two games of the year. They went at VCU and at St. John's. They got beat by three against VCU and they got murdered by St. John's. Oh, and they went at Providence as well later. Okay. 85-71. Okay. Well, those are three nice games for them to play at a conference. No doubt. And they went 0-3. Guess what? After Providence, Quinnipiac, Siena, St. Francis, Nyack, Ryder, Canisius, Niagara, Marist, Manhattan, Iona, Quinnipiac, Marist, Ryder, Fairfield, Monmouth, Niagara, Quinnipiac. Come on. It's the MAAC. St. Peter's ended up in the Elite Eight. Gonzaga, okay, Gonzaga's schedule, they played Texas, UCLA, Duke, Alabama, and Texas Tech up until December 18th. And then from there, sure, they rolled in the West Coast, but they had to play BYU twice, beat them both times, had to play St. Mary's, split with them, and then beat St. Mary's in the West Coast final. So they had to play, you know, a St. Mary's team uh, three times, and they were ranked each time. Gonzaga played three ranked teams down the stretch. They had to play San Francisco twice, beat them both times. You know, they had to play a really good BYU team. So they played three or four competitive teams, and the total of those games, BYU, San Fran, BYU again, St. Mary's, San Fran, St. Mary's, San Fran again, and then St. Mary's. That's with tournament play. They played eight games down the stretch. Eight games. In January and February, in in, in early March, they played eight total games in all of their games, inside all their games. Eight games against really, really, really good teams. They are. I mean, they're really good teams. You know, San Francisco um, is a really good team. You know, and they made the tournament. You know, St. Mary's was really, really good all year. They made the tournament. I mean, these are these West Coast teams at the top are good basketball teams, really good basketball teams. You know, there's no doubt about it. BYU every single year is legit, absolutely legit. BYU made the NIT. They were one win away from Madison Square Garden and lost to Washington State. You know, so they were on the cusp of maybe even making the tournament as well. So it doesn't matter who you, how many tough games you play during the regular season. It does not prep you extra for the NCAA tournament. That is a myth. Tony Kornheiser and others who say that are full of you-know-what. Period. End of discussion. Now, Gonzaga. Where does this program go from here? here here's the problem with uh, Gonzaga currently, okay? Gonzaga has been knocking on the proverbial championship door for quite a while. Gonzaga, remember when they were the sweet Cinderella, draw, you know, darling, and all that, and every, you know everybody was pulling for them. They arrived on the scene. All oh, who are these? Who are these cute little guys from Spokane, Washington? Right? Who are these guys? Well, next thing you know, you fast forward all these years, and Gonzaga is a powerhouse program. Powerhouse. Need I remind you what they have done? You know, the last several years. You know. They made the championship game a season ago, lost to Baylor. Okay, so there was a Final Four. All right. 
1920, let's see, they didn't, I think that was there, they had a down year. Oh no, 31 and 2. Trying to see if they had a. Oh, 20, you know what? 2019, 2020 was Corona year. <laughs> they went 31 and 2, would have been a one seed, maybe won it all, or had a, another chance to win it all, right? That was, that's right, that was Corona year. Nobody, nobody went to the tournament that year. Um, 18, 19. Gonzaga makes the regional final. They lose to a very good Texas Tech team. Okay, there we go. They're in it again, right? Uh, 2017-18. They go to the Sweet 16. Okay? I mean, 2016-17, they go to the national championship game. They lose to North Carolina. They've been on the doorstep over and over and over again. Constantly. Made the Sweet 16 in 2016, lost to Syracuse, if you remember that one, the Midwest region. Syracuse with just some unbelievable defensive plays at the end of that one. Tyler Lydon and company stepping up, Malachi Richardson, that was that that run, right? But, like, come on, this team has been really um, in it and, and there every time, and they just can't seem to break through. And the issue with Gonzaga right now is that this might have been, you know, they've had teams with Jalen Suggs and Ayayi and all these different guys, but this particular team right here, this particular team might have been the best one under Mark Few. And if you're a Gonzaga fan, you know, all the Adam Morrisons and, you know, players have come through, right? They've all come through. Mark Few will be able to recruit. You know, again, he'll have that program up at the top again. Who knows? Maybe they won't be as, um, you know, highly touted, and maybe they'll they'll win it all under wild different circumstances. Maybe all those things are true. I don't know. But when you think about it, you know, Mark Few, in his 23rd season at Gonzaga, he's got an unbelievable winning percentage, right? I mean, he's he's at 61% win percentage, you know? Um you know, his first season was uh, 2090, well, he was a GA and then an assistant, is, and then 99 to, to now, um, he's been at Gonzaga, and actually, that was his number with his total coaching record, but if you look at his record as a head coach, the dude's 658 and 129. He has an 84% winning percentage. That is absurd. He's 38 and 21 in the tournament. He's been to two Final Fours. He's won 18 West Coast Conference tournaments. And, you know, nine. He's, he's well, he's got 18. He's got uh, 21 regular season West Coast Conference wins. He's a two-time Naismith Coach of the Year. I mean, he's done so many unbelievable things. But in the tournament, something just doesn't click with Gonzaga on the biggest of stages. It, it just doesn't work. Something happens. Sometimes it's physicality. Sometimes it's stupid mistakes. You know, sometimes it's it's something else, missed free throws, whatever. I mean, against Arkansas, they were just their hands were everywhere. They were just crushing on defense and and they were faster than Gonzaga and they and they pushed them around. Um, I've heard that argument from Kornheiser and other people. Oh, they get out physical. They're, well, they might, but it's not because they didn't play teams that were phys- you know, were physical during the regular season. They did. They played out-of-conference teams that are physical. 
couple of the teams in the West Coast Conference, if you watch that basketball closely, and this is the problem that I have also with Kornheiser making these comments, my man's in bed. He doesn't watch West Coast Conference basketball, so don't make a comment on it. If you go into your shows every single day and you don't even know, you know, what, what happened from the night before because you don't watch and you work in sports media, then don't comment on it, you know? I mean, my God, it's like he was talking last week with Michael Wilbon on the show, and all he was saying was over and over, oh, you think Villanova, yeah, it's going to be tough without that kid, without that kid. Call him Justin Moore, please, once. Call him Justin Moore. He's had a great career at Villanova. If you're going to talk college basketball and you're going to talk Villanova and they're in the Final Four, you best be knowing who Justin Moore is. So I have issues with people who, when they don't watch something, they like to comment on something. Do you hear me do an NBA podcast every day? No, you don't, because I don't watch the games. I don't care. I hate the NBA. So, come on, folks. Gonzaga loses because it's the tournament. It's the format. They are a great program. Mark Few is a Hall of Fame head coach. How about this? Since Mark Few has been there, how many sweet 16s? You know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 sweet 16s. This team has also been in the Elite elite 8 under Mark Few four times, Final Four twice, and both of those times they were an NCAA runner-up. They have been on the doorstep constantly. And you look at it and you think, wow, playing the numbers game, one of those times you should break through. You should. However, that's not how sports work. Do I think, do I know that Gonzaga will break through? I don't. I have absolutely no idea. Right now, I would bet against it, but they could still do it. But this just also shows you how hard it is to win a national championship. Jim Beheim has been at Syracuse for 46 years. He has one title. And you hear the anti-Beheim, anti-Syracuse. Oh, he's only got one. He's He's been to five Final Fours. So that's basically like going, you know, to a Final Four once every nine years, okay? Mark Few at Gonzaga has already been to two. He's been there in 23 years. He doesn't have a national championship. He's been there for 23 years. He doesn't have one. And he they've been knocking on the door. Right now, Mark Few feels a little bit like Jim Beheim in 2003. Hall of Fame coach, powerhouse program. Been coaching for about 23 years. I mean, Jimmy took over the gig in what, 76? You know, right after the 75 season, so 75, 76. You think about that, and you fast forward to 2003, right? That's like 26 years. Beheim knocked on the door. Keith Smart made the shot in 87. 96, they get to the championship game. They get beat by one of the greatest college teams of all time in Kentucky. That great team with, you know, Tony Delk and McCarty and Mercer, all those pros. Okay. Fast forward to 2003, there he is, finally breaks through, finally wins it. So Mark Few, I'd like to believe that he's going to get more shots at the Final Four. I think he will be able to do that. They play people out of conference, people want to go to Gonzaga. It's a place with great culture, it's a place that wins, it's a place now building tradition. Uh, Mark Few is a hell of a dude, and I think that they'll be back in the Final Four at some point. They'll be back in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four at some point. The problem is, they'll be there without Chet Holmgren, who's a seven-foot center who might be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Might. It's between him, Jabari Smith, and Paolo Bancaro, right? 
they're going to be there without without Drew Timmy. Player of the Year in the WCC, one of the best players in college basketball, one of the hardest matchups I've seen in the game in the last 10 to 15 years. Won't have him. They will be there without Andrew Nemhard. <laughs> so this is not going to be an easy deal here. They have freshmen and they have sophomores. You know, Joe Few, I guess that would be his son, uh, is a freshman. I don't know if he's any good. Abe Eagle, I don't know any of these guys. Colby Brooks, I'm just looking at the roster. They have some sophomores. They have some freshmen. Uh, Dominic Harris, they've got some good shifty-sized guards, I think. You know, 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". They got a 6'7 guard in Julian Strother. I know who that is, obviously. Um, you know, out of uh, out of Las Vegas, he's a nice player, right? So maybe they can build through some of these guys, but man alive, man, they get, <laughs> they get back, and it's going to be really, really, really tough sledding because they don't have these great players. But again, the way college basketball works, and I've said this a million times, the way it works is sometimes your best teams you have, they don't win it all, they don't make a Final Four, and then the dice roll a certain way, and ba-boom, you end up winning it all in a weird way because that is the tournament, that is the system. So, Gonzaga, tough sledding again this year, but the main point of talking about them, not only about what's next, and you know, I don't know if they're going to have as good a team and all the rest, it was that they don't lose because they don't play anybody. They play everybody in the non-con. They play in a strong enough conference. They play top-heavy teams. They play seven, eight games against really good teams, really good competition down the stretch. That does not mean, I don't, you know, St. Peter's, Gonzaga, Syracuse, Michigan State, Alabama, pick your program. Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas, pick them. Pick your program. Louisville, right, St. Bonaventure, pick your program. Playing against really, really great competition does not guarantee that you're going to end up in the Final Four because you know, you're tested more. You can still lose in the tournament. You can get hot when you do and things break the, the right way and boom, St. Peter's plays nobody. They played a few games in the out-of-conference, as I alluded to, and then all of a sudden, pop, ba-boom. You know, they beat Kentucky, beat Murray State, beat Purdue. Oh, well, Elite Eight. Like, they ran out of gas against Carolina. You know that was going to happen, right? I never thought St. Peter's was going to make the Final Four. I hoped it, but I never thought it. So we'll see what's next for Gonzaga, you know? But Mark Few is a hell of a coach. That's a great program. And I hope they get back, and I hope they win one one day. I really do, because Mark Few does deserve it. Hey, folks, you know, tons of people take multivitamins, right? But it's important to choose one that is top quality. And so with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and a heck of a lot more. Their special blend of ingredients support recovery, aging, focus, you name it, your nervous system, your immune system. That's right. Their special blend of ingredients support supports all of that. And oh, by the way, it's lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. All right, let's bring him in. He's a good pal of mine, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, uh, big supporter of the platform. We're going to talk to the owner of that great uh, brewery for a few minutes here. Uh, he's also a, a brewmaster, 
at uh, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Make sure you go follow them on Instagram. Go like the Facebook page. Check it out. It's really, really great stuff. And uh, Rob Schaefer is a huge sports fan as well, so we'll dive into the Yankees. And uh, we'll see what else we get into here on the program as well. Rob, thanks for a few minutes, man. And uh, let's talk some beer and some baseball. And uh, appreciate the support of the program. How are you? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's begin with uh, just kind of the lineup of of the the, the beers that you have at Stumble and Monkey. Um, how a lot of them have come to fruition. Uh, I tried a couple uh, over the past weekend. Uh, unbelievable product that you guys have. Can you can you share with my listeners? Uh, you know, some of the lineup and then, and then also maybe attached to the back end is how the brewery was created, the name, the brand, all, how it all kind of came together. Absolutely. Um, we will, uh, you know, I always like to have a well-rounded tap list. That, that is a big part for me. Um, as much as I love IPAs, I hate when you go to a place and that's really all you have. Um, you know, you go to a place the dates, it's like, hey, we got a couple fruited sours, a couple IPAs, and here's a dark beer. Um, you know, so I like to have a good variety and nothing wrong with the other avenue. They all work, you know, hey, you know, do what you need to for your own clientele. But, um, yeah, for me, like I said, right now, um, we had a blueberry. I think that just kicked. I was a blueberry ale. Uh, we have a couple of different malty beers right now with the amber ale and the Irish red. Uh, you know, right now, I think four different IPAs in the mix. Um, Crazy for Hazy, which is hands down our, our biggest seller. It's New England, New England IPA with Galaxy and Citra hops, double dry hopped. Um, you know, there's a double in the mix uh, right now called Geeking Out, which is a new beer we did recently. And it's fantastic in my personal opinion. Uh, keep a West Coast IPA in the mix. Uh, we call it Ass Up. It's one of our staples since we've opened. It's you know, evolved throughout the time, but it's, it's a mainstay on our tap list. Uh, I'd like to dabble into... Uh, one to two fruited beers at a time. Right now we have the raspberry lime goza, uh, and then we'll be transitioning over to uh, a blueberry pomegranate sour when that's kicked here. Um, and then a couple different dark beers. I don't do like oh, I, something to do, but right now we don't have any like, any like the big boozy or barrel aged type stuff. Um, all right now we have our peanut butter porter, which is another staple that we have. It's an easy drinking seven percenter. And, um, and a midnight porter, which is just a classic six percent porter. Super cool. Now you and a buddy, I believe, Eric Miller, you guys founded this brewery, and you got the passion for brewing while attending college. And according to what I've read, in the spring of 2014, you guys began brewing together in your garage using a few 16-gallon kettles and a turkey deep fryer base. How cool is that? Is that, is that true? It's, a, it's, like a, it's like the old uh, Dave Ramsey American Dream thing, right, where he started his business on the table in, in the garage. So th- that's how it all started, huh? Yeah, I mean, we both, I mean, we obviously grew up together, and then you know, Eric is no longer part of Stumble Monkey. He, uh, a couple of years ago, he did step away. Right. Um, uh, just he was too busy with his regular job uh, and just needed to focus on his regular job. Uh, but yeah, we had started it, and you know, we both from Phoenix, ended up in Rochester after college, and uh, we're both homebrewing. Uh, started separately in the college days, and uh, for myself, it was on a Mr. Beer kit that I got for Christmas back <laughs> in the tail end of college, and it was god-awful, um, but I like the process. Um, so, like, right after that beer was done, I went to my local homebrew store uh, out, uh, out in Kenmore in Buffalo, where I was... Uh, 
going to school uh, in, well, in Buffalo, Amherst. And, um, but yes, yeah, so went to a local homebrew store, the Niagara Homebrew, I believe it was called, and, uh, you know, bought the next level up kit where I could, you know, make my own recipes uh, based off of it. And um, it's kind of kept going. And uh, yeah, it's kind of snowballed, man. It's kind of cool. It's yeah, so cool. My monkey opened up and, you know, I still do my full-time job with it, but, uh, you know, it's just something fun to do. You know, a little hobby that you're still passionate about and can make a few extra bucks. Yeah, and you guys do a lot of cool um, theme-type stuff, too. I mean, you, you know, when St. Patty's came around, you guys, you know, will we'll do something, create a beer for that. Um, so you've got a lot of a lot of theme-based stuff. You've got, you know, the Mug Club, uh, some of the features of the brewery. Um, what do you hope when somebody has, doesn't matter what it is, a porter, an Irish ale, uh, uh, an IPA, whatever the, the beer is, what do you hope that people say, you know, beer lovers, what do you hope they say about your product? Um, I always prefer to exceed expectations, you know. Um, you know, a lot of times you go into a you brewery and you want it to be on point stylistically. Uh, is really number one. It's just got to meet the style and then, um, and then just, yeah, it's got to be good. I don't want to put on a product that's bad. I mean, everyone doesn't always like everything. But, you know, so it's got to be stylistically on, and I do like to experiment a lot. So uh, sometimes I might use some different hops that maybe, maybe I haven't used before, or I might, or whatever the process that might try something. It's not always within the ordinary. Um, but yeah, when they try that beer, I just, you know, uh, be impressed, I guess. You know, keep them grab a product that keeps them coming back. Or if they don't like that style, maybe they grab into a flight and say, hey, let me try it. Mm-hmm. And maybe open it up to that style. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Co-owner and pro, uh, brewmaster at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, our buddy Rob Schaefer here. Uh, Stumbling Monkey is the official brewing company of the ML Sports Platter. You can visit them online at stumblingmonkeybeer.com. Okay, Rob, you and I are sitting down at Stumbling Monkey and we're ordering flights. What's in your What's in your favorite flight from your own brewery? My favorite flight. Uh, I do love clean beers. As well, so right now, for we have on tap, we actually we do have a Kolsch on tap right now. Delicious, yep. uh, amazing. And uh, so I would start with the Kolsch, and then I'd jump over to either the Amber or the Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably partial to the Irish myself, and then I'll have a hazy IPA in the mix. Probably crazy for hazy, and then jump over to Assa. Okay. Finish off with my my favorite beer that it's the West Coast Double IPA. Clean, easy to drink, and you have to sneak up on you from a percentage standpoint, but uh, it is my favorite beer reaper. Now, you have a very unique mix of favorite sports teams. Um, I know we were texting and joking about that uh, just recently, <laughs> um, but there's a reason for that because of where you were born, grew up, and then moved. So take me through who you root for and why and uh, you know the, the timeline of all that. Well, I mean, my, my core really comes from, from the Syracuse area. Uh, stems from my, my dad. Uh, he was a big Yankee fan, hence I'm a huge Yankee fan as well. Just grew up liking it, loving it. Um, and then, so also, being, I moved. I was born in South Florida. My dad moved down there, my, my mom, when they were younger. And um, so, although I did mention the other night, like, yes, I, I love the Dolphins and I love the Miami Heat because I was from South Florida. Part of those also stem from Syracuse because Larry Zonka was my dad's favorite player as a kid. 
and then going to Miami. So he was partial to Miami and then mm-hmm. moved down there. It was, you know, I was born down there in the eighties in Marino and I just loved it. Um, and then the heat, I went to a game their first season and they had Ronnie Cycli from Syracuse. Um, <laughs> so it just kind of all made sense with it. Um, so this kind of stem from New York, but, uh, you know, also as a kid, be able to go to a game and see them live. It just also helped, uh, you know, getting goals into it. Rob Schaefer, our guest here, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Visit him online at stumblingmonkeybeer.com. I got a couple more on the beer side, then I'll get a, a Yankees one, and then I'll let you run here on, on a busy day. Um, highlight for my listeners, you know, uh, the Mug Club. What comes with, there's a lot of good benefits in there for some of my listeners out in the Rochester area, and, and frankly, People who, you know, you know this, Rob, you're a golfer too. I mean, people travel to go play golf. They travel to go to certain amusement parks, right? They travel to go to different breweries because they want to try different things in new places. So the mug club, though, can be a really, really beneficial thing for a lot of people. Get into that a little bit. Um, yeah, mug club, we've, we've done one since really day one. Uh, the current one, we've had, we've had expanded it from the initial. Uh, it used to be 100 now. I think we're about, we've expanded to about 125, and then we had to recap it at. Um, 110 bucks. You, know, you have a mug that goes there, which we rotate out every year, and every it's a larger pour, no matter what you get. Um, so it's an 18 ounce instead of a 13 ounce pour. Like if you got an IPA, some of our beers do come to 16, depending ounce depending on the beer. And then um, every time we do a new release beer, first time we've done it, um, you get a free pour of it, and then you also get a free pour every month included with it. So wow. you know, 110 bucks, you at least get. You came in and got every time we got a new beer, and every time you uh, you got your monthly pour, you're probably going to get you know 24 to 30 beers on the course of a year in that membership. So it is a really good deal, uh, and there is a waiting list on it for that reason. Um, but I, do, I just love experimenting, trying new hops, trying different things out. So sure. I do like to pop out at least one new beer a month if I can. That's terrific. Um, do do you find people? Uh, mostly from the area going to your brewery do you find people coming from you know from more west or more east do, do, do you get a good mix there we do i mean we have a great local following um but we do also get a lot of out towners that come through it's it's convenient like you said people travel for breweries so they're coming in they might be heading down to other half down in bloomfield and um they were right on the way mm-hmm. okay so uh, yeah, they hit us on the way just because they're coming from Buffalo and they pretty much pass by us. So we do get traffic from that. And a lot of times I mean, people come in, they're like, oh, this beer's fantastic. We've, you know, we've never been before. Uh, we're finding new people all the time or new people Great. are finding us all the time. Yeah, that's terrific. You know, it, it's, it's crazy because one of the things that I love about breweries and brewmasters um, and, you know, you just, you learn these things by going to events and talking with people like yourself is that, the breweries don't, you know, look at each other and and play down to someone. They don't like, oh, that that brewery, whatever. You know, you guys kind of use each other. You know, you try each other's beers. You want the other brewery to succeed because if they're doing well, you're probably doing well, right? And and everybody, uh, so many people are into craft beer. I just I think that's a really cool thing that yeah, you're competition, but inside the walls, you're you're each drinking each other's beers and wanting wanting the other one to do really well because that just you know, bodes well for you too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's even the same thing. You look at compared to college basketball, you know, you don't want to be the one good team in a conference necessarily. I mean, it's good to be on top if you, from that standpoint, but you, know, you get competitive. You look at the eight, like the old Big East, how many quality basketball teams we had in there, and it was fun. 
you know, same thing. You get you have a good, bunch of good breweries in the area. You can hit them all, check them out. Um, it's just fun to do. All right, final thing. I you know this is a topic here that I pro- I probably would rather not talk about compared to uh, the <laughs> the beer situation because you know my feeling about this team going into the year. But what do you like most? What do you like least about the Yankees in twenty twenty two? I uh, I do not like their starting rotation. Um, that's got to be number one. I don't think they feel they did any moves whatsoever to improve. It's definitely our weakest link heading into it. Um, I don't hate the, uh, getting rid of Gary Sanchez, but I don't. I think you put some players in the mix that don't make a lot of sense either. Uh, Connor Falefa is a decent ball player. You can play a couple of different positions. You have an injury-prone Josh Donaldson. I'd rather see DJ LeMayhew penciled in that starting rotation every day. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan. I absolutely love LeMayhew. And also um, would love to have him sitting at second base or third. And Trevor Story sitting at shortstop. In my, my opinion, I know you're not a big fan of Story. Um, also, his if you did look at his numbers in Colorado and his home versus away, doesn't make a lot of sense either to sign him, but I've always just been a Story fan prior to him signing in Boston. Um, I'll tell you so, what, the, the pitch, the pitching staff is, is it's a disaster, and for some reason it's always been a problem under Brian Cashman. I mean, the only time he's been general manager when they really had a big-time pitching staff was when they blew tons of money on CeCe Sabathia and A.J. Burnett. And even then, they got lucky in that 2009 World Series run because if you remember, the way the games were kind of spread out, they went with a three-man pitching rotation for the most part uh, with Sabathia and Burnett and Pettit and ended up having just a crazy great bullpen. They found something in terms of, uh, you know, Jabba, and they had Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes was supposed to be a starter. He was in the pen. You had Rivera at the back end. You had Damaso Marte. Uh, who else was in? Uh, David Robertson was in that rotation. So, you know, the pitching has not been uh, great. I mean, it took him forever to find an ace again. He finally did it with Cole, and now the rest of the staff has kind of fallen apart, and I'm not really convinced on Garrett Cole being uh, the shutdown guy we expected for the majority of this contract. So this pitching rotation is a mess. And by the way, I read an article last night uh, in regards to uh, the Yankees uh, from, from Kevin Kernan at Ball 9. The Yankees pitchers are like going back to their old styles and dropping you know different arm slots and changing all sorts of stuff. It seems like their pitching coach... Uh, and, and and their staff as a whole, like they can never figure things out. They can never stay consistent with the approach to pitching. It's mind-boggling. Well, I agree, and that's like when we had Sonny Gray. We destroyed Sonny Gray. He came in, and he turned to garbage. And they, I forgot what the pitch was. They kept making him throw know, a slider or something that he didn't want to throw that it wasn't good at. And he would tell him, I can't throw this pitch, I can't throw this pitch. He goes to Cincinnati, reunites with his old pitching coach from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and he's a stud again. Um, just let the guys throw. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. In. And you bring that pitch up to the slider. Um, apparently, the Yankees are going to try to try to uh, you know have this staff throw more and more and more and more sliders. It's just absolutely crazy. I brought up, by the way, to 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 add to that, um, I brought up a little piece here. Um, former Yankees pitcher ripped his old team uh, for forcing him to throw a slider, so you were spot on with that. It was a slider, according to The Athletic. Uh, in the report, Gray calls his slider a crappy spinning pitch. <laughs> and so, and then he went, yeah, and then he went to Cincy, and voila, you know, fixed everything and pulled some of that out, and off he went. Well, you know, and I think Gray, I don't know as if the New York market was good for him, but 
Um, no, he's a small. I mean, he's, he's a small market guy. He's a, overall was a more of a contact pitcher, if I remember correctly, even mm-hmm. back in his uh, mm-hmm. Oakland days. And just his his pitching style that wasn't meant for New York, not one bit. But then you take that guy; he's already not comfortable, not in his market, and you make him throw like you said a crappy spinning pitch that he's not comfortable with. It just kills your confidence too. Yeah, it really does. Well, he is doing great things, uh, owner and brewmaster at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Go see my friends at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company online at stumblingmonkeybeer.com. Uh, of course, the uh, location, 61 School Street. Uh, the beers are amazing. What a great lineup. Uh, your lineup of beers is like the 27 Yankees, right? I mean, my God, you've got a Ruth in there. you got a Gehrig in there, right? you got an Earl Combs in there. Uh, you got everybody in there. Uh, our good pal, Rob Schaefer. Rob, thanks so much for the support of the platform. Appreciate you sending me uh, the goodie bag, uh, goodie box, and uh, hopefully I can make it out to see the place here in due time, my man. Look forward to it, brother. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. If you're in and around Central New York, stop by. I just had Chick-fil-A for lunch today, and man, was it good. Chicken tenders, chicken nuggets, waffle fries, you name it, and some of the sandwiches are to die for. The smokehouse, barbecue sandwich, and all the rest. They have sides like fruit and some salads if you want to lean on the healthier side. And also, they have a terrific breakfast lineup as well, including the Scramble Bowl and all sorts of goodies, plus your uh, breakfast sandwiches as well. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. The treats are there as well with your milkshakes and your cookies. Gift cards available for any occasion. They will cater. They will deliver. All happen in a Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to our great friends at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Camillus Golf Club and your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. Get a free rate quote today from Matt at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. If you're in and around the great state of New York, let Matt take care of you at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cab thank you as well out to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program, as well as Tiny Bubbles Laundromat. PayRange mobile app, Fulton, Liverpool, and East Syracuse, three great locations. You can wash, dry, and fold laundry for only a dollar a pound. So if you're buzzing around Central New York, Man, stop over to Tiny Bubbles, get all the laundry done at a pretty darn good rate. Huge thanks to Rob Schaefer from Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at MikeLSports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.